the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. As believers in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it is vital that we possess the mind of Christ. How do we do that? By consistently studying and applying God's word daily. We are compelled to let the mind of Christ be in us and assures us that as the children of God, we can have the mind of Christ. The question is, do we exercise this God-given gift daily? No matter what is going on around us, we should not fear, but trust God because he is with us from our beginning to our end. There is no wiggle room here. Either we trust God or we don't. We must know that no matter what we see or hear, we can have the mind of Christ. Have Bible, pen, and paper handy, and listen closely as Pastor Rander teaches us today. God is not going to yell at you. When God speaks, he speaks quietly. He speaks tenderly. He speaks lovingly. And he speaks softly, which means you need to be quiet He's not going to speak louder than your music, louder than your boom box. He's not, God's not going to scream at you. You have to still yourself and listen to him speak. We often miss God because he is, he is not revealing himself in some big majestic way. Do not be guilty of missing God in the small things of life. Sometimes we think things are better because they're big. You can have a big church, but have a worldly church. A carnal church, a cult. Just because something is big does not make it better. Verse 12b says, and after the fire came a gentle whisper. Underline that. Beloved, a gentle whisper from God's word is greater than the wind. A gentle whisper is greater than the earthquake. A gentle whisper is greater than the fire. A gentle whisper is greater than the ocean waves, the vastness of the solar system, technology, and entertainment. The voice of God transcends them all and is what is needed most when experiencing depression. You need God to speak to you in a gentle whisper. Verse 13 says, when Elijah heard it, he pulled the cloak. You know, when God speak, you just not the same. He pulled that cloak, that mantle over his head, his face and head and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, here's that question again. What are you doing here, Elijah? In verses nine and 13, the Lord asked, what are you doing here, Elijah? Huh? That's a question I'd like to ask you. What are you doing here? If you're going to have a fruitful Christian life, it is critical that you allow the Lord to divinely place you where he is calling you to be. Overstaying your time in the wrong places, overstaying your time in the wrong situations, the wrong mindset can bring on depression. What are you doing there? 
Sadly, some Christians spend far too much time in places where God has not ordained them to be, which hinders the work of God and productivity in their spiritual journey. For example, some of you, you live in prolonged isolation in your home because of the virus. You still at home, won't move. You might duck out and come back as quick as you can because you're scared you're going to get the virus. And God is saying, what are you doing here? Some of you are spending excessive time at your work at the expense of your family. What are you doing here? Some of you are remaining too long, far too long in sinful relationships. And as you're staying so long in that sinful relationship, God is asking you today, what are you doing here? That relationship is bringing you down, 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 and you are holding, holding, holding. And God's saying, this is not of God. What are you doing in that sinful relationship so long? Some of you are overindulging in your social life, party to party. What are you doing there? Some of you in your hobbies, in entertainment and social media. What, what are you doing living in social media so long until it's taken away your potential for Christ? Some can be living in a state of laziness where you just sleep your life away. What are you doing in that bed? What are you doing here? When are you going to get up? Some of you belong to organizations that God has not called you to be a part of or that he is trying to remove you from. And some of you are still living too long in your hurtful past. You just reliving your past. You reliving those hurtful experience. You every day, you just go over and over. And God is saying, what are you doing here? Living so long in your hurtful past. What good is that to you? Like Elijah, the same question can be asked of you. What are you doing here? Verses 14 and 15, it says, he replied, Look, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected the covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. God, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Sometimes God will send you back because you're out of position. And go to the desert of Damascus. Another thing that we must consider is that depression often comes because of rejection. Depression often comes because of rejection. Here, Israel rejected God's covenant. That's God's word. Uh, Tore down his altars. Now, you know, that's blasphemous. Uh, Put his prophets to death. They were murderous. And now they have rejected Elijah and attempted to kill him also. Elijah felt all alone. And some folk are in depression because they feel like they're all alone and nobody cares. Elijah felt threatened and afraid for his own life. You cannot live in this life and not experience rejection. Some of you have experienced rejection. As a matter of fact, I believe all of us to one degree or another have experienced rejection. Some of you have been denied a promotion. That's rejection. 
You've been denied a raise in salary, rejection. Or you did not qualify for the home or the car you were seeking to buy, rejection. Some of you have experienced rejection from your children when you when they abandon you after you've poured your life in them from infancy. And now you can't find them. They won't call and not even text. You gave them all. You did you all. You don't know where they are. They don't even call. They don't even check in. They don't even text. Rejection. Others of you have had your spouse to leave you for someone else. Rejection. And even many pastors have experienced rejection and depression when God's people just won't do right. We preach our hearts out and some believers just don't do any better. Many pastors do not see any spiritual growth when congregants have the same old attitude. The pastor preach and preach and preach and preach, but the old attitude and the carnal flesh still dominates. So many congregants are set in their ways, creates unnecessary issues, love their tradition, refuse to change. And become difficult to lead. Like Elijah, many pastors think that they are the only ones dealing with these kinds of challenges in the, in the church that they are shepherding. Often when they feel rejected and dejected, they allow their emotions to take them out of God's will. And he has to get their attention and put them back on the right path that he has ordained for them. Some pastors leave the church and go and sell insurance. You get tired of stiff-necked people. Verse 18 says, Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel. All who knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Many believers who are depressed often feel that no one understands and that they are the only ones who are struggling with their particular issue. I've heard so many in this series come up and tell me, they look around and say, I thought I was the only one. But when I saw all the folk coming to the altar, uh, I couldn't believe it. Be mindful that God has a remnant. Even when we lose sight of this reality, you are not alone. You think you're going through something. But when you begin to talk with people, pray with people, they'll make your, your issue look like a little grain of sand. In America, where things look so dismal and horrific with the senseless shootings, the racial divide, sexual immorality and political upheaval, the scripture says in Isaiah 520, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter God still has a remnant of believers in this nation who knows how to hear God, who knows how to talk to God, who knows how to speak up for God, who has only bowed the knee only to Christ. Satan is a master strategist and making you think that no one is going through what you're going through except you. When Elijah was discouraged and depressed, God encouraged Elijah's faith by saying to him in verse 18, yet I reserve 7,000. That's a lot of, that's a lot of prophets. 
I got something, Elijah, hush your mouth. I got 7,000 like you. 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Beloved, let me encourage you by saying today that whatever you're going through, no matter how bad it is, you are not alone. I submit to you today with all of my heart to say to you that you are not alone. What is the remedy for depression? What's the remedy for depression? Number one, fasting and prayer are so essential for coping with depression. Fasting and prayer. Giving priority to prayer relieves depression. If you're going through mental issues, that ought to be the first thing you put on your prayer form, your fasting and prayer form. James 5, 14 through 15 says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Prayer and confession of sins are so vital in healing depression. Sin hinders the healing process. Furthermore, we must pray in faith, believing God to heal. And we must also leave room for the sovereignty of God because it is not always God's will to heal believers, even if they if they live by faith and live righteously before Christ, it is no guarantee that God is all the time going to heal. You say, where's an example of that in scripture? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9a. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9a, it says, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation of thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure concerning this thing. I pleaded with the Lord three times. I, I, I cried out to God, said, God, give me relief, give me relief, give me relief that it might depart from me, says Paul to God. And God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God may heal and he may not heal. God may let your child live, may let him die. One child goes to jail. Another child is set free. Another child misses jail. You say, God is not fair. Listen, you who can know the mind of God? His ways are not our ways. Paul was a giant in the faith and pleaded with the Lord three times for the removal of the thorn in the flesh. And yet God did not heal him, but said, my grace is sufficient. Beloved, you cannot overcome depression apart from praying for yourself. You tell others to pray for you, but you better be praying for yourself because they just might forget to pray for you. And praying for others is so essential. James 5.16b says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This is what makes coming to the Lord's house amidst his people and fasting and prayer so essential in the lives of believers. What are you going to do with that prayer form you got? You're going to forget about it? You're going to put it on a shelf in a drawer? 
Are you going to really document, search your own soul, begin to document, and you're going to trust God for a breakthrough, and you're going to pray over that list passionately every day, seeking God, petitioning God, crying out to God that you would get relief, that God would miraculously deliver you or intercede for somebody you're praying for. Number two, be willing to seek biblical counseling if necessary. Be willing to seek biblical counseling if necessary when dealing with depression and refuse to go it alone. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. Some of you uh, have prolonged depression because you're wrestling with it by yourself because you don't want anybody else to know that you're struggling with it. You are wise indeed if you use every resource at your disposal to gain victory over your depression. Your best counsel can come from those who have been right where you are and are able to minister to you most effectively in your time of need. Sharing your personal feelings with a trusted medical professional and a trusted biblical counselor is so helpful for depression because there is relief when you can express your feelings. You'd be surprised of the relief and the release that comes simply because you can just let it out. Number three, in dealing with depression, the remedy is seek out opportunities to help others. Seek out opportunities to help others. This will shift your focus off self-pity and reduce your own depression. Examples are visiting others in the hospital, visiting the home of the sick and shed in, visiting the nursing home and assistant living facilities, ministering to the homeless, ministering to those in detention facilities, ministering to the youth of Maranatha and others. Tutoring, you skill, you have a skill set and you can bless a child in tutoring because you have been taught in a specific discipline. Number four, possessing an active faith helps you to overcome depression. Possessing an active faith helps you to overcome depression. If you don't have an active faith, no wonder you're struggling. Being separated from God Living in dormancy, living in stagnancy, being spiritual sluggish for an extended period of time will bring on depression. Inactivity is your worst enemy. I say it again, inactivity, write it down. Inactivity is your worst enemy. Beloved, Satan makes it too easy for you to drift from God. Drift from his church, drift from the ministry. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You guard against depression when you stay near the Savior. Number five, refuse to allow depression to keep you in a pit. Refuse to allow depression to keep you in a pit. Be determined to press on through depression. Live on through it. Live on through misery and sadness and pain. Live, live, live. Say live. live. Say live on. Live on. Say press on. press on. Say move on. Move on. Psalms 107, 20b says, 
He rescued them from the pit. And I'm talking to somebody today. You are in a pit. And it's a deep pit. Beloved, depression comes when you allow yourself to remain in a deep pit. Like the psalmist, you cannot get so far down into the pit that God cannot reach down with his tender loving arms and grab you and rescue you from the pit. Anybody here ever been in a pit and you saw God bring you out of that pit? You were at a low place, but almighty God himself reached down and pulled you out and gave you a new beginning. I tell you, that I submit to you that the same God that did it for me and others will do it for you. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. He's able today. I declare he's able today. I declare he's more than able today to Take you out of the pit. <laughs> also, making bad life decisions will cause you to hit rock bottom, which means so some of you bring depression on yourself because of bad decisions, which means that you have nowhere else to go. We at the bottom can't go nowhere else but up. And it's God who has to help you up. Being delivered by God from the pit is a fresh new beginning to live up to God's potential for your life. Psalms 107 verse 20 says, he sent forth his word and healed them. The word is a spiritual sedative. The word of God is so therapeutic for depression and lifting your spirit. Number six, being faithful in worshiping, singing, and lifting up the name of Jesus lifts the spirit of depression. Again, being faithful in worshiping, singing, and lifting up the name of Jesus lifts the spirit of depression. Ephesians 5, 18b verse, and verse 19 says, instead, be filled with the spirit. Look here, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We, we're not talking about testimonial songs. I don't need no peanut butter and jelly. Spiritual songs, not rock gospel, not entertaining songs, songs that tickle the, the fancy. You need some spiritual songs among, it says among, look, among yourselves, among you. And look, you hear, here's how you live depression, making music to the Lord in your hearts. Underline that last phrase, making music to the Lord in your hearts. When you are filled with the spirit the spirit of gladness and, and singing will come upon you and move you to make music to the Lord God Jehovah in your heart. Long after you departed this life, your children and grandchildren should be able to recall how you enjoyed singing and whistling and humming and worshiping and praising the Lord through the best and worst of times. What a lasting spiritual legacy to leave your family. Therefore, start singing today your favorite Christ-centered, biblically correct song, which lifts your spirit and encourages your heart. The song must be Christ-centered. Some of these songs don't have Jesus in them. Don't sing that. That's not going to deal with your depression. Can't find Jesus in the song. Can't find blood in the song. Can't find the cross in the song. Don't sing the song. You depress God if he could get depressed. Biblically correct, Christ-centered songs 
encouraged the spirit. You got little babies, little children, even teenagers. They get rebellious. You, you, you start saying, I don't feel no way tired. You, you start singing amazing grace, how sweet the sound. You start singing when things get hard, instead of cussing and fussing and stressed out, say, oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. Because he first loved. Your children will look at that. They say, Mama, you crazy. <laughs> say, yeah, I'm a fool for Jesus, baby. And I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing. I'm going to say, don't worry about it. You say, but I can't say. If you can talk, you can sing. You sing from the heart. Biblical. Let me tell you something. A biblical wreck song by a person who sings off key is better <laughs> than a carnal, unbiblical song sung melodiously on key. It's not how well you sing. Just sing. Sing because you're happy. Sing because you're free. Sing (laughs) because you know God watches over you. Sing yourself happy. Think yourself happy. Happy. You don't need an organ to get happy. You don't need you don't need a piano to get happy. You don't need a stained glass window to get happy. You can think yourself happy, sing yourself happy, and God will arrest you and cause you to shout in the presence of God. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaSA.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.